Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad that you're here. And I do have another coffee mug to kind of show off to you. This was a gift from my friends at Hebron Baptist Church. They were on the orange team at Teen Extreme. And I told them I would unveil their mug on a future podcast. So there it is. Thank you, friends, from Hebron Baptist. And thank you most of all, too, for your great spirit at at camp I just enjoyed getting to know you a bit, and you were a great encouragement to me. Uh, Speaking about encouragement, we're in Revelation chapter number 7. And to be honest, as we talk about the judgments uh, in the tribulation and the seals that we've been talking about, wow, uh, if you're not careful, it can really be depressing (laughs) to think about all that will happen on planet Earth during those days. And yet, what do we know about our God? We know that our God is gracious and loving. We know that God is merciful. And even in some of the greatest pronouncements of judgment in all the Bible, I'm thinking about the judgment that was pronounced by Jonah against the people of Nineveh. Uh, Even that was a harbinger of great mercy uh, on behalf of the people in Nineveh because they repented. And God did a miraculous work Uh, of preserving them. So uh, in judgment, we can still see God's mercy. And we're going to see that today as we look in Revelation chapter number seven. So we've talked about the first six of the seven seals. We won't talk about the seventh seal until chapter number eight. So chapter seven is a little bit of a parenthetical here as we consider the, the six seals about which we've already spoken. So Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 1, where John says, And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. Again, uh, that would just be a a frame of reference. Four corners of the earth, that's kind of like the the compass points, north, east, south, west. Uh, In other words, the angels that are in charge of Uh, are supervising the judgments uh, that we've been describing. And the Bible says they are holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, uh, not on any tree. So it seems that God uses his angels, among other things, not only to be messengers, but also to be the facilitators of his will in in some of these ways. And uh, they are at his command uh, to uh, enact judgment, to hold back judgment. And the Bible says here that they are controlling the winds. Now, uh, some have said that the wind here could refer to to spirits. Uh, Remember our study back in the book of Zechariah. I think it was chapter number six that we talked about the four chariots and the horsemen uh, that really relate to the four horsemen of the first four seals. And in that 
a vision that Zechariah saw on that night. Remember, he saw those eight visions, uh, and all of them had to do with the coming uh, judgment of God. So a great parallel passage, uh, they represented the four spirits. So whether it be the spirits or the winds, uh, certainly what it refers to is the judgment of God. Now, watch verse number two, uh, where the Bible says, And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. So like almost like a, a, a last-minute knight in shining armor, these four angels are poised and ready to unleash the judgment of God upon the earth. Now, we've, we've been talking about that judgment, the last six seals. I think this probably refers to the first four, but whatever, whatever this refers to, judgment has not yet been enacted until God sends another angel to seal certain people. So a seal uh, was a, a mark of protection. The Bible talks about Jesus being sealed of the Father in John chapter 6. Uh, as believers, uh, individual believers, uh, today we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, right? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby we are sealed. Uh, it, Paul told the Corinthian church the same thing. They'd received the seal. So a seal was a symbol of protection and of ownership. That's a great encouragement, is it not, for us believers, that when we trust Christ as our Savior, we receive the Spirit of God to come and dwell us. So at the moment of your salvation, you received the indwelling Spirit. Now, does that mean that you are controlled by the Spirit at, at all moments? No. To be controlled by the Spirit means that we're filled with the Spirit. I need to cooperate with the inner voice of God's Holy Spirit as He teaches me and illuminates to me the Word of God. I dare not grieve Him or, or quench Him. The Bible says that I can do those things, but certainly I am indwelt by Him, and I have all of the Holy Spirit that I will ever have. And the presence of God in my life as the indwelling Spirit is a great encouragement to know that He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is going to complete His work in me until the very day of Jesus Christ. And so the seal of the Holy Spirit upon the believer is a great encouragement. And it's also a, a great conviction uh, to know that God has an expectation for my life. And God expects for me to become more and more like Jesus as I cooperate with the Spirit of God, as I listen to that still small voice, as I allow the Spirit to take His Word and to form into me the very image of Christ, not being conformed to this world, not allowing the world to stamp its image upon me, but allowing the, the Holy Spirit of God to mold me and shape me into the image of Jesus Christ. Now, so that, that's the, the application to you and me as, as believers today, but that's not what this verse is talking about. So in Revelation chapter 7, this is the seal that God is going to place upon certain people that are here during this time of great tumult, during this time of great judgment. So it's not you, it's not me, because we will not be here. The church will not be here during this time. So 
Who then is God showing mercy to? Who then will receive this great seal of God as a protection, as an identification uh, that they belong to and are therefore protected by God? Well, let's find out what the Bible says. So Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 2 again. So I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. He cried with a loud voice, a voice of authority, uh, to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Now watch what he says in verse number 3. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So a certain one on earth will be marked with a mark of God as a seal that they belong to him and therefore will not be hurt by the judgments that will come upon the earth. Now, who are these people? Well, the Bible tells us specifically in verse four that I heard the number of them which were sealed and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So we have both a number and an identity for these that are sealed. So number one, we have the number, 144,000. An interesting number. 144 is 12 times 12. So already we're getting a clue to some Bible numbers. 12, we're going to find out, obviously, there are 12 tribes 12 times 12,000 is 144,000. We're going to see the significance of that here in a moment. Then the Bible says they are the children of Israel. So when, when the literal sense makes sense, seek no other sense. That's a good hermeneutic principle. When the literal sense makes sense, seek no other sense. So who are these 144,000? Well, they are whom the Bible says they are. They are the children of Israel. Some have tried to interpret this as, well, this just doesn't really mean 144,000. It doesn't even really mean the children of Israel. It really just means the church. And But there's so many problems with that. First of all, it's not what it says. Second of all, Israel has never been identified with the church uh, anywhere in the New Testament. They're always separate. God is a separate program for them. Uh, number number three, uh, the church is not here. The church is gone during this time. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 14, which is the next reference to the 144,000, that they uh, are but the first fruits of many more to be saved. So if this is the, the all those saved, uh, the church of Jesus Christ, then who are they the first fruits of? So there's just any number of reasons why Uh, This refers to 144,000 Jews. So who are these 144,000 Jews who will receive this special seal of God? I find it interesting as well that the Jehovah's Witnesses, which is a a cult group, used to claim 100 years ago near their inception uh, that they were the 144,000 the only problem with that is that they grew to a place beyond 144,000 and then they changed their doctrine, uh, ironically, to say, well, what we really meant was uh, uh, there's 144,000 of us that will actually go to heaven. So, no, 
The Bible tells us who these people are. There are 144,000 Jewish men, virgins, a single, never have been married. We'll see that in Revelation chapter 14. And watch what the Bible says about them in verse number five. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Gad, verse five, Asher, verse six, uh, Naphtali or Nephthalim um, in verse uh, six, uh, Manassas in verse six, the tribe of Simeon, the tribe of Levi, the tribe of Issachar, and then um, verse number eight, Zebulon, the tribe of Joseph, which would be another name for the tribe of Ephraim, uh, sealed, and the tribe of Benjamin. So these tribes were sealed by God. Now, here's what's very, very interesting about that. When, this, when, when the Assyrians took over the northern kingdom back in 722 BC, the 10 northern tribes were, were obliterated. And they really became lost in history. There, there's no way today, for instance, for a Jew to say, uh, I'm of the tribe of Naphtali, or I'm of the tribe of Zebulon, or I'm of the tribe of Manasseh. Uh, no, the only tribes today that really have any um, any status are those southern tribes. You know, uh, the Judah and Benjamin, they were the ones that were retained. Or the Levitical uh, uh, tr- the people that have a Levitical name, like Kohen, But uh, so many Jews would not be able to identify themselves with one of these lost tribes. So how do we know who these people are? Well, we don't necessarily, but God does. God knows them that are his. Isn't that a wonderful truth? God knows them that are his. So here in Revelation, uh, during this tribulation period, God is going to preserve and seal and protect 144,000 of these Jews who are servants of God. They've come to a knowledge of Christ. Uh, maybe these are people that have been introduced to Christ or, a, or a, at least a knowledge of Christ before uh, the rapture. But for whatever reason, they did not believe yet. But here they are believing. We don't, I don't know all the, the ins and outs of it. All I know is that these are believers. They're servants of God. Uh, they're sealed of God. And they're out of every single tribe. So God knows them that are his, and God preserves them. Uh, I find it also interesting that in the list of tribes, the tribe of Dan is not listed. Did you see that? So the tribe of Dan was not listed. So Dan, remember, was the tribe that left its tribal allocation. It left its spot that it was given because they were afraid. They were right near the Philistines. It was too hard for them. They would rather have an easier spot. And remember the tribe of Dan left. They migrated north. They slaughtered the people there. And then they introduced idolatry, not only to their tribe, but also through them to the nation. And so here, I think we see part of the judgment that they were not willing to keep their tribal allocation. And they did introduce idolatry. But whatever the reason, they are not listed here in the, uh, 
the 144,000 during the tribulation time. So what are we to make of all this? Okay, what we're to make of all this is that God knows his own. Uh, Just as he knows these people in the future, he knows you and me. And God uses his people, his sealed people. He gives them special protection and he gives them a special mission. And in that protection and in that mission, they are essentially Jewish evangelists, which are testifying of the grace of God. They're testifying of the power of God in dark days. Hey, the darker the night, the brighter the light. And these Jewish evangelists will be bright lights in a very, very dark time. We see just the light of God's mercy, don't we? Because last chapter, earthquakes and thunders and uh, weather disasters and all the things we talked about, people dying. And yet in this chapter, we see these relatively few number sealed by God, know Christ, stand for God, protected by him on mission, first fruits of a great harvest field of people that will be saved. And that's what we have to keep our minds on. Even today, we live in dark days. Uh, We live in days when it seems like wrong is growing and right is shrinking. But God still has a remnant, doesn't he? And we can be these lights sealed by God on mission to make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. Now, next episode, we're going to jump into verse number nine. I think you'll like it. It's also a very encouraging uh, thought that we'll we'll talk about. So uh, thanks for your faithfulness. Uh, I'll see you back next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.